Hi guys, and welcome to my podcast, Frequent Freed Miles. I'm Anna Freed Sinjor, and I'm a travel enthusiast who grew up with a lot of misconceptions and limiting beliefs about travel. So I'm changing my personal narrative one destination at a time. On each episode, I'll be sharing my opinions and experiences in the areas of travel, tourism, and intercultural exchange as a black female budget traveler. So fasten your seatbelts, make sure your tray tables are in the upright position, and let's get ready for takeoff. Hi everyone, and welcome back to Frequent Freed Miles. I am your host, Anna Freed-Sinjor, and I know that in my last episode about my trip to Cartagena, um, I had said that I would record an episode, I think I had said the week after, um, so I do apologize for the slight delay in this new episode coming out but one of my 2023 new year's resolutions is that i am going to try to produce episodes on a more consistent basis um so i'm aiming for once a week once every two weeks that's the goal um so hopefully there won't be these giant gaps in episode uh, moving forward. So sorry about that. Uh, so anyways, um, as you know, if you listen to my previous episode, I went to Cartagena last month. Um, in my last episode, I talked about my trip. Um, but in this episode, I wanted to see if Cartagena can pass the BFSB test. So the BFSB test is the Black Female Solo Budget Test. I have decided that moving forward for each of the destinations that I visit, I want to put them to this test. So for Cartagena, let's put it to the test. All right, so Cartagena, did I feel that Cartagena was a welcoming destination towards black travelers like myself? And before I answer this question, one thing that I really cannot stand is generalizations. My experience as a black traveler is not going to be the same experience that another black traveler might have. And so I am not going to try to speak on behalf of all black travelers. I am simply sharing with you what I observed and what my experience was uh, with any aspect of my trip that was clearly connected to my skin color. So I clearly missed the memo um, because there 
were so many fellow black American travelers on my flight. So clearly, um, Cartagena is the movement for black travel. If you are a relatively new newcomer onto the travel scene and you are looking to travel to a destination where you'll actually see people that look similar in complexion to you, I would definitely recommend Cartagena. Um, one of probably the most amazing things that I really enjoyed about Cartagena is that there is no one uniform look to uh, what someone from Cartagena looks like. So I met people there who had blonde hair and blue eyes. I met people, and fair skin. Um, I met people there who had skin darker than mine, uh, dark brown eyes, and black hair. And they are all equally Colombian. Um, and so I, I loved that. I thought that was really, really cool. When I would be out and about walking around through the streets of Cartagena, I definitely attracted <laughs> um, a lot of attention. And I don't think it was just because I was black. You know, I think it was because I was a female, which I'll get into that uh, a little bit later on. I think also because um, it's very obvious by the way that I dress that I am American. Um, but in specific regards to my skin color, um, Colombians with darker skin would come up to me and they would put their arm next to mine, like their forearm next to mine. They would put, then they would point at my forearm and then their forearm. And they would say in very broken English, same color, same skin. Um, and I thought that was freaking beautiful. Um, I think that there probably was some excitement on their part. Uh, seeing foreign black travelers coming to Colombia, um, coming to Cartagena. And on my part, yes, of course, I was so excited to be in this South American country um, and to see so many people with my skin complexion because I haven't been to other parts of South America, but I don't think that there are nearly as many um, people in other South American countries that have as dark of a skin complexion as I do. Um, and I'm not going to speak for, or for all black travelers, but for me, it is a, a little bit of a sense of comfort that when I'm traveling and I'm looking around, um, seeing other people in my vicinity with the same uh, skin color as me, you know, it, it does bring me some comfort because unfortunately we do still live in a world where it isn't always safe for black people to be in certain spaces. Um, you know, I am trying to break down that barrier by myself, uh, 
by, you know, challenging these stereotypes of, oh, black people don't travel or black people don't visit this, that, and the other country. Um, But it doesn't mean that I don't uh, get a sense of comfort and feel, you know, that little safety blanket when I see another person of my color um, traveling and and doing the same thing that I'm doing. Um, And so... It was really nice having, you know, these moments uh, with uh, the local Colombians. Um, But on the flip side, uh, the street vendors in Colombia, they are very persistent. And I noticed that they were especially persistent with me as well as other black travelers. Um, because they would use our similar skin color as a selling point. So it happened to me quite a few times that um, black street, like black Colombian street vendors would, you know, out of like a group of us, they would target me. They would come up to me and they would, you know, put the forearm next to mine and they would say, same skin color, so you buy from me. And so they would kind of pester me um, almost in like a guilt trip way of like, you are also black, so you should financially support me. You should buy, you know, this random bracelet that I'm selling or these I don't even know some of the stuff that these vendors were selling. I was just like, what the heck? Um, And so you, you do, I will say you do have to be a little bit firm, Um, you know, not disrespectful at all, but you do have to be a little bit firm and stand your ground. Um, If you are genuinely not interested in uh, what they have to sell, don't even entertain it for a second. Um, there was one time where um, there was a very persistent vendor. He was like, mm, black, black, buy from me. You know, you are my sister. And so <laughs> I made the mistake of like glancing at one of his pieces of merchandise for a couple of seconds too long. And oh my God, he started like opening up like all of his stuff um trying to like put bracelets on me like bargaining with me and so I I kind of allowed myself to get sucked into this whole conversation even though I had no intention of buying anything and so I learned from that that um you know regardless of your skin color you can't really show any interest in what they're selling if you have no intention of buying. Um, But I did feel that, especially with uh, the Colombians who had the same skin color as me, uh, I had to stand my ground a bit more firmly. All right, so question number two of the BFSB test is, um, do I feel that Cartagena is a welcoming destination towards female travelers? 
Okay, so, um, overall, I would say that I felt fine as a female traveler in Cartagena, but with that being said, I would say that I was constantly reminded that I am a female. And what I mean by that is I received a lot of intense stares. You know, the the kind of stares that a guy gives a girl when he um when he likes what he sees. That's the only way I can put it. This is not me thinking, you know, very highly of myself. It's just a common fact. You know, for my female listeners out there, you know what stare this is when a guy is interested in what he sees. Um, And so I I received a lot of stares like that. Um, And I would actually say that these stares were probably the most intense stares that I've ever received. There was no blinking. Um, If I would pass by a guy, his head would swivel until I was like out of his sight. And there, like, I would look back, he would still be looking. I'm like, geez, like, what the heck? Um, There's also a lot of catcalling in Spanish. Um, I, you know, lots of bonita, guapa, you know, whatever. Like, lots of Spanish uh, catcalling terms were yelled out. Um, and to be completely honest, like it, it doesn't matter what you wear. This is not a matter of, oh, if you dress provocatively versus if you cover up. No, it doesn't matter. If you're a female, you will get stares and you will probably get catcalled. Um, and I think um, that catcalling has a a different meaning depending on what culture you're from. Um, You know, in the United States, catcalling, at least I feel that catcalling is um, seen as, uh, it's disrespectful. Um, You know, of course, the men who are doing it don't see it like that, but the general uh, attitude towards catcalling is that it is disrespectful towards women. However, um, when I was in Tanzania back in 2017, um, you know, I, I had a lot of really amazing conversations with my tour guides there. And one of them shared with me that catcalling, it, it's um, something that men do and women like. And I know that Coming from a man, you know, it sounds like he is trying to speak for the female population. Um, But he told me, um, and I actually, you know what, now that I think about it, I actually witnessed, I witnessed a Tanzanian man catcalling a woman and she got very giggly and happy and she actually went up to him and started talking to him and my tour guide said that that's normal so you know I don't want to make a a general statement that 
in all of Tanzania, you know, everybody enjoys catcalling. Um, but it, it did make me wonder, and maybe this is something that, you know, you can think about, especially if you are a listener from a different country. What is catcalling in your country? Is it disrespectful or is it, you know, seen as a, a man just expressing that he appreciates a woman's beauty and, and women don't feel threatened or disrespected by it? I'm curious. Let me know what you think. Um, so, yeah, I would say that overall, um, I never felt that the catcalling and the intense stares, I never felt that it got to a point where it was uh, impeding on my ability to enjoy my trip. Um, it was never, it never got to a point where you know, if I wanted to leave my hostel to go grab something to eat or to go out, I never felt like, oh, I don't feel like dealing with the cat calling. So I think I'm just going to, you know, stay in and order or or not go out. I never, ever, ever for one second felt like it affected my trip negatively in any way. So um, I hope that <laughs> that's... Um, a little bit insightful and helpful. Uh, it's something that will happen, but I don't think it will ruin your travels. So for question number three on our test, is Cartagena a welcoming destination towards solo travelers? So I was thinking and I realized I can't remember if I said this in my last episode, but I realized that my trip to Cartagena, um, I would consider this to be my first official solo trip in the sense that I traveled there alone and I did not know a single person in Cartagena upon arriving. So in the past, I've done trips where I've traveled alone, but I knew people who were living in the destination. Um, And so this was a bit of a milestone uh, trip for me. And I would say that as a solo traveler, um, I honestly, I felt very safe. Um, I had a really amazing time. I did not have any negative experiences uh, in terms of being a solo traveler. Uh, In fact, being by myself, I think, made my trip all the more better. I felt like I had, you know, the flexibility and the freedom to do what I want, when I want, and with who. Um, And I also felt that being on my own, it really gave me um, the opportunity to build my self-confidence a little bit. Um, You know, I feel like when you're constantly surrounded by people, you don't really have the opportunity to learn about yourself and to learn what you like, what you don't like. And so 
being able to navigate through a foreign city by myself is probably one of the biggest confidence boosters I could ever give myself. Um, So with that being said, I would say that as a solo traveler in Cartagena, and this advice goes for males just as much as females, use common sense. (laughs) So during the day, um, I felt completely safe. Uh, I walked around alone all the time, and it was a very empowering feeling navigating through the little streets on my own. Uh, I never, ever, ever felt like I was in danger. Um, I would say during the day, my my only piece of advice would be... Um, uh, I guess... I I wouldn't flash my valuables. Um but now that I think about it, yeah, I I did actually walk around with my phone out quite a bit. Um for like Google Maps and things like that. I don't know, I just I never felt I never felt like I was in danger during the day. Um and also I I think it would be um to your benefit, um, you know, especially for ladies, if you have a purse, make sure it has a zipper over the top. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend an, an open purse, um, just because in the more crowded areas, uh, they have like open plazas and stuff, um, where there are more people packed, you know, it, it may increase your chances of getting pickpocketed. Um, oh, actually, now that I think about it, I do remember talking to a guy at my hostel, and I think he said that he knew someone where they attempted to pickpocket him, um, because he had his, I think he had either his phone or his wallet, um, hang, it was like in his front pocket. Um, and his front pockets weren't very deep. And so I think, yeah, it might have been a can't fully remember the story. I think it might have been a, a crowded area. And he felt the guy's hand in his pocket and he like grabbed the guy's hand and was like, whoa, what are you doing? And the guy kind of froze and ran away laughing. Actually, he ran away laughing, um, which is kind of weird. So, yeah. My advice would be um, do not leave your valuables in uh, in a place on your persons where it could be easily pickpocketed. So for girls, I would say uh, clo- like purses with zippers. Um, I, during the day, I walked around with a drawstring backpack. Um, and the drawstring backpack, it had like a, a little pocket and I flipped the pocket. So it was, was not facing outward. It was facing inward, like pressing up against my back. Um, and so I never felt like I was a target for pickpocketing or someone like unzipping my bag without me knowing. Um, at night, uh, again, 
I never had any negative experiences at night. With that being said, I never went out alone and I would definitely not recommend that you go out alone, whether you are a guy or girl. Um, I did hear a couple of stories. Uh, There were people who were staying at my hostel who did get robbed, not at the hostel, but when they were out and about at night in Cartagena. Um, And it really comes down to common sense. Like, don't walk around alone at 4 a.m. with your iPhone 13 Max Pro in your hand as you are trying to figure out how to get home and you're drunk. You are literally making yourself the easiest target in the world for someone to just come up and snatch your phone. And that's that's actually what happened to someone. Um, I can't remember if it was someone who was at the hostel or a friend of someone who was at the hostel. I was there. Um, but they they were a block away from the hostel and they were standing on the street corner, middle of the night, drunk. They had just gotten out of their Uber. They had their phone in their hand. Someone just came by, snatched it right out of their hand. Uh, so that's one example. Um, and then uh, there were a couple of guys staying at my hostel who nothing bad happened to them, but they did say there was one night where they just they got a weird vibe. They were walking home from a bar um and they turned down a street and there was a group of like maybe five or six uh Colombians and it it felt like a situation where they they said that they felt like they were being sized up and it was you know five against two so they kind of quickly changed directions and got back onto the main street so my advice would be um Regardless of whether you're a guy or a girl, I would not recommend walking around alone at night. Um, I was always in big groups of at least 10 to 15 people from the hostel. There was one night, actually, uh, that Friday night that I was there, that we um, we did a bar crawl, and there were 60 of us. Six, zero. So uh, definitely felt safe. But, um, yeah, don't have your expensive valuables out flashing around. Um, And, yeah, I would avoid, you know, little alleyways um, if at all possible. And, um, yeah, I would say if you stick to that, you should be fine. I really, like... I really, though, I never felt unsafe when I was there, like, ever. Even at night, like, walking back. There was one night where um, our group got split up, and so I ended up walking back, and it was me and two other guys from the hostel. And so I would say that was definitely a smaller group than I would have preferred. But even then, um, I we just stayed on all the... the uh, main roads until we got to the little alleyways near our hostel. Um, but that, that was another thing also that the time of night that you are out and about, I was never out past like 1am. You know, this isn't Miami. This isn't my hometown. 
where I can just run free and and feel very safe. Um, and actually, it there. I had mentioned this in my last episode that there was a curfew in place, and so even if I wanted to, I didn't really have the opportunity to stay out past one a.m. Uh, I think Friday night might have been the only night uh, where I could have stayed out later, but I, I think I only stayed out until like two a.m. Um, so. Yeah, I would say getting off the street earlier in the night also is uh, a good recommendation. And so, our fourth and final question on the BFSB test is Cartagena a welcoming destination? towards budget travelers. If you are traveling from the United States, um, most Western European countries, Australia, New Zealand, any of these countries, Cartagena, you will feel like a millionaire. Uh, the U.S. dollar, as well as the euro, the pound, the franc, <laughs> um, these are all very, very, very strong currencies in Cartagena, in Colombia. Um, and I actually had no idea, but in comparison to the rest of Colombia, Cartagena is considered... Uh, my friend told me he is considered uh, one of the quote-unquote bougier cities in Colombia. So um, if you travel to Cartagena, keep in mind that um, there are locations in Colombia where things will be even cheaper. So I like to use a beer. as uh, sort of the scale to measure how far your money will go in a different country. So in the United States, um, in most metropolitan cities, your average um, Bud Light, Budweiser, Michelob Ultra, your average beer will probably cost between five to seven U.S. dollars. In Cartagena, the local beer, (laughs) I'm going to try to remember how to pronounce it correctly. So there's Club Columbia, that's one of them. And then uh, the other one, the cheapest one, and the one that I saw the most often, Aguila? I think it's pronounced Aguila. I could not get it right, and I don't know if I'm getting it right now. Um, I did a lot of pointing at beer bottles whenever I wanted the Aguila beer. But uh, please let me know if I'm pronouncing it correctly or not. But anyways, uh, 
the Aguila beer and the Club Colombia beer. Those are kind of the, the two national favorites. Uh, the Club Columbia beer, I noticed, was slightly more expensive, but uh, for the Aguila beer, uh, at most bars, it cost me about, if you do the conversion from Colombian pesos to U.S. dollars, it cost me about one and a half U.S. dollars. And so I, it, it was insane. I was buying rounds of drinks for people. Um, and, you know, just taking that conversion and then applying it to dinner and taxis and excursions. Um, you know, we did a day trip to, um, Baru Island and the whole excursion was, um, I believe I paid 90 Colombian pesos, which I think maybe was the equivalent. I, I'm, I don't feel like doing math right now, but I think it was the equivalent of like maybe 20 to 25 US dollars. Yeah, I think that, yeah, about 20 to 25 US dollars. Um, and so, yeah, a beer at most bars would be a dollar fifty in US dollars. Um at the hostel I was staying at it was closer to a dollar, I believe. And on the streets, if you bought beer from the vendors, I think it was like less than a dollar. It was five pesos for a beer. So I don't even know what the conversion is, but you can do the math um and let me know. Uh, because I was absolutely not keeping track. Cartagena is a welcoming destination towards budget travelers, so much so that I didn't have a budget. And I, by no means, I do not have, you know, an endless bank account. I definitely do not have money to burn, but in Cartagena, I definitely felt like I did. Um, it was a nice feeling, I'm going to be honest. Um, I guess that's one of the benefits of living in a country where the currency um, is the way it is. So, uh, yes, I would say that if you're, yeah, if you're traveling from um, somewhere in the United States or another country uh, with a strong currency then uh, you will find Cartagena and other parts of Colombia to be extremely affordable. And I now understand why people uh, backpack through South America for extended periods of time um, because you do not need to save nearly as much money in U.S. currency uh, than you do, um, I would say, if you want to backpack through Western Europe. Um, so it's some, it's very eye-opening and some good food for thought for future travel. I feel like I finally am starting to understand. Um, the magic 
of what is going on below the United States. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm having such a brain fart right now. I don't even know if that last part made any sense. Okay, anyways, so yes, I would definitely say Cartagena is a welcoming destination towards budget travelers. That is the third time I've said this, so uh, yeah, without further ado, my trip to Cartagena was truly incredible. I feel like I learned a lot about myself, a lot about other people, um, just an amazing experience. And so I'm back home now um, and I am trying to figure out where my next destination will be um, because of the fact that it is winter currently in the northern hemisphere of the world. Um, you know, call me a baby, but I do not think that I will be traveling to Europe until it gets warmer. So my next destination, I'm hoping to travel again within the next um, two months, I would say. And I will probably be heading back down south. Um, some possible options I've been throwing around in my skull, uh, Puerto Vallarta, Guadalajara, uh, Panama, possibly, uh, Uruguay, Argentina. So I, I feel like um, this trip to Cartagena, it really gave me a bit of a confidence boost of, all right, I think I am ready to tackle another South American country solo. Um, so I... Uh, I guess we'll see what happens, but in the meantime, um, next weekend, I begin my certification course. Um, for those of you who don't know, because I feel like I blabbed about this to a lot of people on my trip, um, but I am going to be trying to obtain uh, an ESL certification. And so hopefully by the beginning of February, I will be officially certified to teach English as a second language. And I'm really excited about this because this is honestly something that I've wanted to do uh, probably ever since I graduated college. But um a bunch of reasons why it hasn't happened yet. I think I've had some self-limiting beliefs. It's also something that I've just been putting off and putting off and putting off. Um, but I'm really excited about this opportunity uh, because, you know, I, uh, I am a native English speaker. <laughs> Even though parts of this podcast would have you think otherwise. Um, yes, I am a native English speaker I work at an international language school, but I am not a teacher. I work in the administration department. Um, and I love talking to our students. 
And I think being able to officially teach English in like a very official capacity um, could open a lot of doors for me. And I think it could also be a way that I could make um, travel a larger priority in my life. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so wish me luck with uh, this certification course. Um, this does mean that I probably won't be recording uh, an episode for a couple of weeks. But maybe if I find that I have any spare time or I need a bit of a creative outlet, I might try to sneak an episode in. Um, but yeah. Thank you for listening to me babble on another episode, and um, I will talk to you guys later. Bye!